one. You gave us all. Lord, we have this, this, this unction, Lord God, this, this deep burning desire in the depth of our soul. A knowing, Lord God, that we've got to have more, more of you, Lord God. Lord, I thank you for the presence we felt this morning, but Lord, we need presence now. I thank you for the presence last time, but Lord, I want presence now. Lord, I thank you for the glory that poured out on Friday night, but Lord, I want the glory, Lord God, to pour out now and tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day, Lord God. I want to go to the mountain, Lord God, and I want to come down with my face shining with the glorious image of the living God. I want others to see, Lord God, that you are good. Your mercy endures forever, Lord God, and you are not pushing humanity away, but Lord, with everything, Lord God, that is within your love, Lord, you're drawing, you're drawing, you're drawing people closer to yourself. I pray every person, every minister, every individual in this house, every individual that listens to this message and this service, Lord God, and Lord, you will spark, Father, such a desire in them for more of your glory. Lord Jesus, you are the greatest prize. Your presence, Lord God, is sustaining, rewarding, fulfilling. You flow, Lord God, in us and through us. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that every hindrance be bound in this house, that not every distracting thought, every distracting behavior, Lord God, we render helpless before the word is being brought forth, Lord God. The hearts are prepared, Lord. God, Holy Spirit, I pray tonight that you would move to bring revelation, knowledge, and understanding to your children. Lord, those that are weeping, God, let them leave rejoicing. Those that are mourning, Father, let them be filled with joy. I pray, Father, tonight those who came in with heavy burdens, Lord God, begin to feel the liberty that, Lord, that you have brought forth. Lord, the impossible situations, Lord, Lord, begin to cause doors and pathways to open. In Jesus' name, come on and give him praise tonight. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Thank you for being here. You're not here by accident. You didn't show up by mistake. But the Lord, the Lord divinely chose you to be here tonight to receive his word. And I believe the bases are loaded. The bases are loaded. We got a man on first, a man on second, a man on third. Now there's going to be a Grand Slam home run as, as Dean Love comes up here and drives it home. Could you welcome him? Have you enjoyed this weekend? Amen. Have you enjoyed this weekend? Come on, show him some love tonight. Amen. <clears throat> Y'all made it back. I told brother he was getting out of the car the same time I was. I said, man, you're a glutton for punishment. You just keep on coming back and bring it. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I tell you, y'all's pastors will work a man. They get their money's worth while you're here. <clears throat> Praise God. Wow, what a service this morning. Amen. Just good to be in the presence of the Lord. And uh, I feel like my 
mine and my wife's hearts have just welded together with Crossroads. Like I said, we'll be going back with you, uh, a burden for you guys and our hearts. And so we stand in anticipation, expectation of what God's going to be doing with you throughout this year. So I know you're going to keep me posted on how things are going. Amen. I, um, I really uh, don't intend to belabor the pulpit tonight. Of course, who knows what may happen, amen, but I just want to put a period on this morning's sermon. We didn't preach it all the way through, so we're going to uh, talk a little bit more about that, and I want to title tonight, uh, What Well Are You Drinking From? Before we get into my text, and I brought the wrong Bible, Andrea, and so I may have to read with you. <coughs> Uh, with the New King James Version. Uh, but I started off this revival with discovering God. And in discovering God, you discover you. And, and, and I believe there's, this is the year of discovery. That we're going to discover him in ways, Pastor, like we've never known him before. And, uh, uh, but I want to encourage you that I believe extraordinary things are coming your way, but if you're not careful, extraordinary things are easily overlooked, and you'll miss it. Uh, you know, a lot of people's waiting on the Big Bang Theory, and you're waiting on the great big explosion, and this is coming. But what I've noticed in my life in uh, ministry that if you're not careful, the, the supernatural comes, the extraordinary will come in such an ordinary way, you'll miss it. I mean, Jesus was born in a manger, and he came riding in on a donkey. And uh, so I want to encourage you to uh, be anticipatory, to be in expectation. Uh, and, and another thing I think where we miss it as individuals in churches is uh, we always feel like God can only do great things through much greater people. It's just not scriptural. Not many wise, my brethren. Not many noble are called, but God chose us. Somebody ought to say, thank you, Jesus. Just, just us, normal, average, everyday people to do the supernatural. So I just want to encourage you before we get into the Word, if you're not careful, you'll miss what God's doing because He glories in using the small things. Brother, they almost missed the supernatural miracle when Jesus set the 5,000 men down, not to mention the women, and said, how are we going to feed these folks? How many knows when God asks you a question, it ain't an inquisition. <laughs> it ain't an inquiry for information. Come on, somebody. It's, it's really to see where you're at. Amen. And, and Philip really had it going on because he said, uh, uh, well, there is a lad here with a sack lunch. And he's got five loaves and two fish. If he would have stopped right there, he would have been the man of the hour. But he didn't stop right there. He said, but what is this among so many? And so I just want to encourage this church to be careful not to overlook and miss the extraordinary because of just ordinary things, because we're all ordinary people. Amen. 
Well, grab your Bibles and we'll let Andrea, I guess she's up there. I can't see the balcony. Yeah. I was talking to her this morning and she was in the children's church. Her guy up there was saying, come on, dude. My name ain't Andrea. Praise God. Will y'all help me pray through another sermon tonight? And let's just ask God to leave a deposit and speak into our hearts and spirits. Once again, thank you so much for your, your, your love and just accepting us. I mean, we can be a little hard to embrace. We're, we're a little forward, but you guys have been amazing. And I'm sorry I told the guys in the for you, man, I only got one gear. <laughs> You know, I just got one gear, and I'm just an old country boy who loves the Lord. And I love the Word, and me and my wife love to worship Him. We're going to start in the book of 1 Peter from where I took my text this morning uh, and get us going back into the flow of a direction I want to go tonight. 1 Peter chapter number 2, verse number 2. It says, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow you, Andrea. As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. If indeed. Now, I, I just want to admonish you just a little bit that when you read the Bible as much as you do, if you're not careful... Amen. It's like watching a movie you've already seen. Isn't it right? It's, it's a challenge that we have to learn to navigate, Pastor. And uh, you already know what it says. And so if you're not careful, you'll not glean from it a brand new revelation from God that he may be given you because you've already read through the story. And, and I try to pull myself back when I study to try to get the meat of the text, no matter how many times I've read the text. And, 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 and when you preach as much as I do, you come up with stories and you put them in your notes. But I, I try to train myself to go back to it one more time. And I want you to notice something in this text, in, verse, uh, in this verse, it says, If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. So somebody say it with me. If Indeed. Okay, go with me to the book of John, chapter number 30. Are in the last days, in the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, my God, you got to get in the text. And I want you to see him standing there. He's been ahead to that cross and he's about to pay the price, but he can't stand it no longer. And in that last day of the Passover celebration there, he stood and cried out with a loud voice. Look at the passion of your Christ. 
he stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. It's almost like Jesus is ident identifying himself as a whale. Amen. Because when they drank, they drank from the well. So Jesus is identifying himself as the well. What well are you drinking from? He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Give me one more scripture there. 39 is good. That's okay. We don't have to have it. Go with me to the book of John, chapter number 4, verse number 1. John 4. Beginning in verse number 1. <clears throat> it says, Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, he left Judea. Isn't it amazing at the character of Christ here? Amen. A prominent minister coming up that was overshadowing a man that he respected, John the Baptist. But, and so when trouble come, he said, you know what? I'll just bow out of the picture. He left Judea, departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. He came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore being wearied from his journey, set thus by the well. Now the well is setting by a well. And it was about 12 o'clock noon. <laughs> a woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask me for a drink, and I am a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered, said unto her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said unto him, Sir, you ain't got no bucket. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I went to Louisiana translation. Sir, <laughs> you ain't got nothing to draw with. You If the well is deep, where do you get that living water? <laughs> Are you greater than our religious founding father? <laughs> uh, this is my last night. I'm going to let it all hang out. 
I may not get to come back, but I'm, lay, I'm hanging it out. Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well? And he drank from it himself. And all his sons and generation after generation drank from this well and even his cows. And Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks this water is going to thirst again. <laughs> but whoever drinks the water that I give him will never thirst. But the water that I give him will become. <laughs> Somebody say it will become. The water that I will give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. And the woman said unto him, Sir, give me this water, that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. The woman said, Well, well, about that. Come on, somebody. Uh, well, well. <laughs> Uh, about that. Uh, now, I thought we was talking about religion, and now you want to meddle with my business. She's, the woman said, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you, you, you have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands. And the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that you told the truth. The woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our, further, our fathers worshiped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. <laughs> but Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me. The hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is when the true worshipers We'll worship the Father in spirit and truth, for God is seeking. The Father is looking. He is seeking such to worship Him, for God is spirit. I'm coming, Andrea. And those that worship, and those that worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming who is called Christ. And when he comes, he'll tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I'm him. <laughs> oh, my God. I who speak to you am he. You're awesome. And at this point, his disciples came and they marveled that he had talked with a woman. Yet no one said to him, what do you seek and why are you talking to her? <laughs> the woman left. The woman left. I said, then the woman left her water pot. 
And she went her way into the city and said to, the woman left her water pot, went into the city and said to the men, come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? And then they went out of the city and came to him. Wow, that's a lot of Bible reading, but ain't it good? <laughs> I'm just overwhelmed today. This morning, we started a sermon we called Something is Missing. A message in which we identified the missing element is desire. Amen. Passion. Just, just, just the zeal for God and the things of God. And in our text, the Apostle Peter is establishing the fact that when someone is truly born again, which is going to sew it together with this morning, okay? The Apostle Peter established the fact that when someone is truly born again, that there should be a natural, inerrant, inborn disposition of desire to grow in the things of God that's just as natural as when a baby is born. And he automatically desires to feed, to eat, and to grow. Then in the next scripture, <laughs> he actually adds a contingency clause to the subject matter. Uh, Andrew, maybe you could give me that scripture back, 1 Peter 2 and 3. I want you to look at this next scripture because he adds a, what I'm calling a contingency clause to the subject matter. I mean, it's almost like a lawyer is writing up a contract of what you can expect from this great gift called salvation that we talked about this morning. I'm sorry if you weren't here this morning. Amen. Uh, uh, it's like a lawyer writing up a contract and say, here, this is yours. This, this comes with a deal. Amen. You, this is what you can expect from salvation. He said you can expect to receive and inherit inborn disposition to be hungry. <laughs> Greatest gift you'll ever receive. It's called the gift of life. Amen. Uh, 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 it, it's the desire, the passion for the things of God which you can grow by. And then he adds the contingency clause in Article 1, Paragraph 2. And the, contingen the contingency clause is, if indeed, if indeed you have tasted of the goodness of God. So in other words, he's saying, amen, you might be thinking the contract is bad. You, you may not, you, you may be thinking that the promise was no good because you was told that when you drank, <laughs> that it would produce desire. But the contingency, the, the, the contingency clause is, the amendment to the promise is, uh, if you didn't, maybe you drank from the wrong well. Because here's the thing, pastor, you, you pray for me. 
Here's the thing. When the two whales look so much alike and they're always standing so close together, you can be fooled of which one you're drinking from. Amen. I, I said, you, you, you can be fooled. So he put it in the contingency clause. There's no question about it. Amen. If you have indeed tasted the goodness of God, it will produce an overwhelming desire for the greater things of God. What happened to salvations like me and my wife had 30 years ago or ever long we've been saved forever, amen. Hey, listen to me. That when we got saved, they didn't have church enough at my church. So we started looking for church at everybody's church. Did we not do it, amen? They didn't have Bible study enough at our church. So we had everybody at my house every night. Everybody was around the well drinking from the water. What happened? happen to salvation that birthed a hunger in you. I got to go. I got to go. We went, we went to revive. Anybody have revival? We went. <laughs> it didn't matter what denomination it was. <laughs> Amen. I'll find something to eat while I'm there. Somebody, I mean, I, I may not can I may not can eat everything you dish out, but I bet I can eat something. Amen. I went to some denomination, didn't even think I was saved. They was trying to get me saved. I said, "Pray for me. I don't care. I just want more." <laughs> I don't know what's happening to this 21st century church. I'm worried something's missing. <laughs> I said, something's missing. Amen. She said, so he said, maybe if indeed. The question is, what well are you drinking from? The question is, are you really drinking from the right well? And I know I'm preaching to the Sunday morning crowd who I've preached to death for four services. Amen. But if you're not careful, you can be talking to the well and drinking from another well. Yeah, she was talking to the well, but drawing a man from her doctrinal background. I just don't I said she was talking to the well, but hung up on what she already knew and always knew. It's so, my God, help me. You got to be careful that you're not in the right place drinking from the wrong water. Oh, God, that'll preach. You can be at the right place in, in the right proximity, but still drawing from something that's dead. My God, my God. So, in other words, if, if this is not the case, if it didn't produce what I promised you it would produce, then maybe you were introduced to religion and not Christ. Maybe. <laughs> in the text, we read from the Apostle John that he is actually presenting two wells. You see it? We have the natural well of religion, and we have the spiritual well of Christ. So John is actually giving us a panoramic view of the well sitting beside a well. And Jesus, the well, 
is trying to offer this thirsty seeker spiritual living water and the woman just keeps talking about the well of religion that Jacob dug. God, y'all don't know how real this is. I don't know how much energy I got to make you know either. <laughs> and you can tell by her conversation. Man, you say some stuff when you get up here, Pastor. I should have let you preach this last night. He's talking about your conversation this morning. I think it was. You can tell by her conversation. Let's get in the book of John chapter number four. You can tell by her conversation that she's been a long-time drinker of this religious well of her forefather, Jacob. Oh, you can tell. It just keeps coming out. Christ is trying to pull her into a deeper realm, and she keeps clinging to what she's already known. Oh, my God. Amen. Because her, her conversation is full of segregation. Her conversation is full of doctrinal differences. Her, her conversation is full of argumentative discussions. I'm sick of argumentative discussions. Can I just stop right here and puke? Is anybody else in this place sick to death of arguing over doctrinal differences. I don't care what. <laughs> Say it for me. Patty won't let me. Say it for me. I don't give a rip. <laughs> he says that. Oh, my wife hates it. Amen. Are you listening to me? While we're scrubbing over uh, trinities and ones and, and this and that and baptized in the name and baptized in Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And while we're standing around the well of religion, arguing, <laughs> amen, over the practice, I want to step into the person. It's about Amen. I don't care if you dunk me in Jesus' name or all three of them. I just want to be baptized into the body. Somebody ought to help me preach. I just want to be baptized into the body of Christ. Oh, my God. Religion is fighting over what we ought to be demonstrating. Oh, my God. Right there with them. I said, <laughs> Lee. <laughs> You can tell what well you draw them from. I'll talk to you in just a few minutes. The well is trying to take her to deeper living waters. She keeps reaching over and grabbing Jacob's well. It is. This way we've always done it. This, oh God, this way Jacob did it. His cows did it like this. Somebody help me. I'm just holding on to the wheel. Oh, somebody help me right there. You ain't changing my method. You ain't changing. Here she is talking to the wheel. And he's going to give her something that's about to become a wheel. And she's holding on to the traditions of men. She's holding on to all she knows. <laughs> so he is. Check, book check. 
I'm sorry. I just get to snotting and crying and carrying on. I just want to drink of living water. Amen. He said, your problem is you're always thirsty. Amen. In other words, you never have enough. So you're fooling with relationships you shouldn't be fooling with because you're hung on the well of religion. You might be drinking from the wrong well if you're talking to the well. Oh, somebody help me right here now. You might be drinking from the wrong well if you're talking about worship and living in adultery. You might, oh my God, he said, you might be drinking from the wrong well if you're talking about what church you worship at and you got a shack up at the house. I don't know how to say it any better. You might be drinking from the wrong well if you got that little secret. Oh, 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 about that. I don't have a husband. <laughs> Not me, Pastor. Pass the communion. I'm good. You might be drinking from the world. So you can tell she's, she's, she's got a bad spirit. Talking to the well, hanging on to a well, and talking about you a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. We don't even talk to each other. My God, you ought to help me preach. It's where our churches is coming to right now. Amen. You're Assembly of God. You Baptist. You Pentecostal. Amen. Whatever the case may be. Amen. You're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. Amen. What are you doing even talking to me? Y'all worship like this and we worship like that. Y'all worship on that mountain. We worship on. We don't even worship alike. Amen. I can't fellowship with you if we don't worship alike. <laughs> She said, well, well, I don't know about your church. Y'all don't, don't, don't even have a bucket. That's what she told him. <laughs> you ain't even got a bucket. <laughs> I know the church I go to is better than yours because we got buckets. And you don't have a bucket. You are the church of the non-bucket. <laughs> That must be what I am, non-denomination. Amen. You're that non-bucket church down there. You ain't got nothing to draw with. You ain't got nothing to pull with. Amen. In my church, we're used to dropping and drawing. Dropping and drawing. Oh, somebody help me. Amen. In my church, we're used to working it up. Working it up. Somebody say it with me. I'm just dropping and drawing. Amen. Ain't had a move of God in a hundred years, but we're still dropping. We're still dropping and drawing. You can't even drop and draw. You ain't got a bucket. You don't sing it right. You don't do it right. You don't worship right. <laughs> this is too real, ain't it, y'all? Hey, man, I can't fellowship with you. God, I'm telling the truth. She's, you can tell you're drinking from the wells of religion because it's always a fight. It's always competition. <laughs> it's always us against them. <laughs> He's trying to give her living waters 
that will start springing up in her innermost being. And she keeps talking about Jacob. <laughs> she keeps talking about a man. Are you listening to me? She kept referencing, no matter what Jesus would say, she kept referencing her lineage. Some of us worship our lineage more than we worship the God of that lineage. You'll know you're drinking from the wrong well when the source of your religious activity was hewn out with the hands of a man. Jacob. Jacob dug this well. And if it was good enough for Jacob, it's good enough for me. <laughs> if it was good enough for Paul, Paul, it's good enough for me. My God, give us the passion Paul, Paul had, that's for sure. Amen. You'll know you're drinking from the wrong well. And you're dropping and you're drawing. And you're doing everything your religious organization taught you to do. But you still have an inordinate affection for the immorality. I'm telling you, there's a lot of churches that are pulling from the wrong well. <sighs> Oh, somebody pray for me. <laughs> but on the other hand, you'll know when you're drinking from the right well because it becomes a natural, back to this morning, inborn disposition of hunger and passion, of passion. You'll know you're drinking from the right well when you have a tendency to do right and be right. Oh, come on, I'm saying something right now. I said you'll know you're drinking from the right well when all of a sudden you have a tendency to do right. And even when you do wrong, the tendency to do right swallows up the wrong and pulls you uh, come on, come on. Is that, is that, am I right about it? Hey, I, I didn't say I got it right all the time, but when I got it wrong, it wasn't a tendency. It was a fall. And the Bible says the righteous may fall seven times, but their tendency will raise them back up. I said when a, when a pig falls in the water, he wallers. But when a sheep falls in the mud, it begins to bite. Amen. The only dip. Oh, my God. Help me. Amen. When you drink it from the right well, there's an inclination of righteousness and holiness that's just springing up. It's just, it's just springing up. Can I, can I just be real tonight? <laughs> Obviously. You know you're drinking from the wrong well when, when we have to be taught obedience. Come on now, I just need you to think about it. Yeah, yeah, you're drinking the wrong well when you have to be taught obedience. You're 
drinking from the wrong well when we're teaching our men to be faithful to their wives. When you're drinking from the right well, guys, nobody has to teach you to be faithful to your wives. Oh, you guys, don't, 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 don't do me like this. Come on, somebody. <laughs> don't leave my brother hanging, amen. I'm afraid our discipleship programs have been flipped upside down, and they're really self-help programs, amen, because when I'm having to be discipled to love my brethren, it means I didn't get a drink from the right well, because if I'm drinking from the well of God, and God is love, he that does not love does not not know God because God is love. Maybe you got a hate problem because you're drinking from the wrong well. Oh, is anybody listening to me? Amen. You don't have to teach a brother to be faithful to God if he's drinking from the right well. My God, what we call discipleship is a disgrace to our founding fathers of this great and glorious gospel. <laughs> I said it's a disgrace. <laughs> so when you're drinking from the wrong well, discipleship is reduced to training myself to do what I don't want to do. <laughs> I'm so glad y'all are accepting me tonight. <laughs> I said, <laughs> Discipleship has been depleted down to you training me to be what I don't want to be and do what I don't want to do. <laughs> Amen. But we train you. Let me tell you what. You can train a monkey. <laughs> But he's still a monkey. <laughs> Amen. It's like being a lion tamer. Amen. That, that, that dude can lie to you all day long. He can't lie to me and tell me he's got that lion trained. <laughs> Amen. He's got a chair in one hand and a whip in the other and said, I got him trained. Yeah, the devil is a liar. Put down the whip. <laughs> and put down the chair and we'll just see how well your discipleship <laughs> I said, we'll see how well your discipleship program is working. Amen. And that's the way we feel like we got the flesh at bay. But let me tell you, when you start drinking from the right well, you throw the chair down, throw the whip down, and you'll mortify the deeds of this old body. Oh, and I don't even need an accountability partner. My God, we got, we got young men getting saved, and, and uh, amen, and we putting blinders on. Here, wear these to the mall. That's what salvation looks like. Really. Amen. Oh, you got a lust problem? No problem. Put these on. Amen. Oh, my God, this is too much. Amen. And that way you won't have any problem. Amen. If you can't see it, you won't have any problem. Can I tell you, somebody is drinking from the wrong well. Amen. Because that's not freedom. Let me show you what freedom is when you start drinking from the right well. The Bible says that he whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And all of a sudden, Brother Cajun, 
the light came on. The light came on and she said, oh my God. Oh my God, this is the Christ. And the Bible said she left her water pot and headed straight to the men. Can I tell you, this woman obviously had a lust problem. <laughs> At best, relational problems. <laughs> Amen. I said she had a weakness she obviously could not control. Amen. But when she started drinking from the right well, she didn't have to be put in a 12-step program. <laughs> I ain't hating on nothing right now. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just hating on something. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm preaching. Amen. Hey, listen to me. Amen. She didn't need a progression of holiness to take place in her life. She was so transformed, she went right back into the arena that used to control her and become an evangelist in the area. I believe when you start drinking from the right well, you'll go back into the beer joint you come out of, all right? Moses, but you'll go in saying, let my people go. I was drunk when I got saved. It's losing my family. That's why I got saved. I wasn't like y'all. I didn't get saved because I love God. <laughs> you didn't either. I got saved because I was losing that pretty woman. <laughs> And God was my only hope. I was a drunk. I was losing her because I was a drunk. But when I got saved, I found myself going back to the bar. But I was going back to the bar to get that buddy off the bar stool that was beside me. <laughs> but the people didn't know it. <laughs> And so those that were drinking from the wrong well, <laughs> uh-huh, I seen Dean Love's car back at the bar again. Are you listening to me? But what they didn't know is when you start drinking from the right well, it'll become a well springing up into your everlasting life, and then you want to go be a well to everybody else. Does anybody still believe salvation is an old man passing away? Behold, all things have become new. That's what Jesus was talking about when he said, it shall be a well of water springing up into everlasting life. When you're drinking from the right well, it becomes a fountain. It's, you, you'll know when you're drinking from the right well, it starts bubbling up. It starts bubbling up. You know you're drinking from the right well. You're not dropping and drawing no more. This is what some of your prayer life looks like. Bible study. He said, when you start drinking from the right well, it's just springing. My God. <laughs> Come on, give me five more minutes. I said, when you're drinking from the right well, amen. He said, when you drink from this water, it will become. Amen. So, so Peter is saying, amen, you're going to have an overwhelming desire for the things of God if indeed you drank from the right well. And I'm convinced many 
are not drinking from the right well. So she said, give me a drink of this water. Give me a drink so I'll never thirst again. She's saying, I need this healing. She said, these inordinate desires has got me ruining every relationship I'm ever in, and I just can't get this one right because give me this here. She said, there's a longing in me that no man can feel. <laughs> Amen. I'm drinking from the well of religion, and I'm still bound. I'm drinking from the well of religion, and I still can't get it right. <laughs> God, if you'll help me just a few more minutes, amen. Multitude sitting in the house of God, drinking from the well of religion and walking out of our services bound. Are you listening to me? Still bound. My God, let this place become a well of life, springing up into everlasting life so that when people say, oh, come and see. David said, taste and see that the Lord is good. She said, let me, let me, let me, let me drink. Jesus said, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We got to deal with your past before you can move forward. And he began to expose the very thing that had her bound. And then she began to drink from the well of living water. And the Bible says she dropped her water pot. You know you're free. <laughs> oh, come on. You know you're free we can, when you can leave that thing that you were using as a crutch to get you through another day. You'll know you're free when you can kill the ox and burn the plow and say, I won't need that no more. Yeah, yeah, we don't understand deliverance anymore, amen. You'll know you're free when you throw it down the old religious well and embrace the well and begin to move forward. Jesus said, now, wait a minute, let's, let's, let's deal with this issue. And she become one of the greatest. This, this woman... The Bible never gave us her name. And she was probably one of the most messed up individuals Jesus could ever run into. But I want you to look at the difference in these whales. Two whales standing side by side. One whale was immobile, unmovable. It wasn't going nowhere. It had been in the same place <laughs> for hundreds and hundreds of years. And if you wanted some of it, you had to go to where it was. But there was another whale standing there that was mobile. And this whale would leave the comforts, amen, of his background and go seek out someone who needed to drink from this well. I need somebody to hear me right there, amen, because some of you whales have been sitting here a long time. But when you start drinking from the well, you'll become mobile, and everywhere you go, you're looking for somebody who needs to drink from the well. We, we might be drinking from the wrong well, 
if it's not pushing us to drink. And Jesus said, let me tell you something, Mormon. The hour has come and now is when everything is changing. It ain't no longer about you worshiping in that mountain and me worshiping in that mountain because the Father is calling true worshipers that will worship him in spirit and in truth. That it ain't about your religious background. He said, God's raising up worshipers that are so hungry for him, they'll worship with anybody, anywhere. My God, I feel walls are about to come down in our communities. I said, they will worship with anybody, anywhere, as long as they are worshiping the well. But I found out that, of course, in biblical times, the well was a way of life. It was a source of life. Cities were built around wells. If there was no well, they couldn't build a city. It was the source of existence. And Abraham dug one of the first wells. But the Bible says the enemy came and stopped up the well. I want you to stand with me all over this place right now. I feel like we're finished. The enemies threw dirt in the well. The man said, we can't do away with the well. We can't destroy the well. But if we can just stop up its source, everything around it will die. Can I tell you, the enemy is trying to stop up your well. Because Jesus said, out of your belly is going to flow rivers of living water. And there's churches on every corner that are wells of what used to be. <laughs> that the enemy has stopped up and they've lost their flow. Maybe you as an individual used to be springing up with passion, zeal, desire. But life circumstances has come and just stopped up your well. But there had to come an Isaac along and said, you know what? We're going to redig those wells. There's life in that well, and we're going to do whatever it takes to clean that well out until it's flowing again. My God, that's my altar call tonight. That's my altar call tonight. Somebody bring me some music just for a little while tonight. I know we've done a lot of altar calls, but tonight, this, this is our prayer together tonight. That you know what? I'm not, this part two of this morning, as passionate as I used to be. I find myself more argumentative than inspirational. I find myself coming to the well 
week after week after week only to never be quenched in my thirst. There's something missing. So tonight, Father, I'm just going to open up you and allow you to enable me to clean out my well so I can become a well again. You'll know you're drinking from the right well when you become a well. You'll change Greenville when you become a well. This front is open to you right now if you want to step out with our sister right now and come before God and say, Lord, I want to become a well of water springing up into everlasting life. <laughs> come on, this is part two of this morning. Father, I just don't want to go through religious rhetoric anymore. I want it to be life springing up into everlasting life. And I want to go back to where my neighborhood and say, come see. You got to come see. This church is going to begin to grow when you go back into your own community saying, you have got to come see. You know you're drinking from the right well when the man of God can expose that thing you were ashamed of and you wrote.